The way we consume and share news today, it is largely rooted in social media. Uh, it's a reason why it's crucial to look at what's being discussed online, from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Thursday to Happy you. Happy Thursday. Now, this has been sort of uh, the disputed topic online, offline, from both political realms. We'll get a closer look of what is happening exactly with the former president Moon Jae-in's Dogs, the dogs that were gifted yeah. by Kim Jong Un. That's right. Um, so, it, it, you know, the dogs have been at the center of this heated public debate. Who and gets to keep them, and uh, you know, why should former President Moon Jae In give them up? Right. And uh, President Yoon Suk Yeol's office is making accusations. I, I don't know. It's gotten really messy, and I have to say, petty at the same time as well. And I think there's a consensus around that because, uh, believe me, the general public is aware of when something is politicized, and there is definitely that angle. Absolutely, from both of the political. Spectrum. That's right. So uh, two days ago, uh, former President Moon Jae-in's aides announced that uh, Moon has decided to hand over the two dogs, Songgang and Gumi, to the South Korean Presidential Archives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dogs have been transferred. Uh, they are hospitalized at a veterinary hospital in Daegu, and they've got medical checkups. Mm-hmm. I think they are in good health. Okay, so just in case our listeners are not all caught up, the mm-hmm. fate of these dogs have been at the center of this heated debate here in South Korea over the past few days. Yeah, um, well, for now, let me say that the future of the dogs uh, have not been revealed. Nothing is official yet. But uh, to give you a bit of context about to the story, Songgang, a male dog, and Komi, a female dog, Tungsan dogs, they're indigenous breeds. Uh, they were gifted to former President Moon Jae-in from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un uh, when the, the, the president, former South Korean president, visited Pyongyang right. in September 2018 for their third summit. The dogs were supposed to be a symbol of long-lasting friendship. How ironic. Um, <sighs> after Yoon succeeded Moon as president, people started asking questions about the fate of the dogs. Because other items that, yep. are in, that doesn't have life in it uh, is usually handed to presidential archives. That's how it's dealt with it. But uh, there was really no precedence of this kind. So uh, in, in spoken words, uh, the now President Yoon said it would be appropriate for yeah. the former president to take the dogs. Uh, yes. But you might be asking why the former president can't just hold on to the mm-hmm. dogs. He's been the major caretaker. But it's actually a, a much more complicated issue than it initially reveals to us. It involves a revision of an enforcement ordinance of the Presidential Records Management Act. Yeah. So simply put, uh, the dogs were a gift to Moon while he was in office. And by law, all living creatures and non-living creatures, objects given to the president during his or her term, uh, belong to the state as part of the presidential archives. Uh, but a revised law that went into effect earlier this year dictates that a former president can also claim ownership. Okay. Now, according to Moon's aides, President Yoon's office never enforced the revision for oh. reasons unknown, they have said. They said in a statement earlier this week that, quote, it must be due to the presidential office's objection. And uh, Moon's aide said they were dumbfounded by uh, the Yoon administration's, quote unquote, ill intentions to make a big deal 
out of something so petty. So, of course, the question of how much does it cost to raise these dogs, is that what the former president is trying to avoid? These kind of questions, the petty ones, got raised too. Exactly. Uh, Moon's aides recently told local reporters that it costs the former president nearly 2.5 million won, roughly $1,800 a month to take care of the dogs. And the unit administration, you know, they're like, oh, is that why you're giving away the dogs? Is that why you won't keep the dogs? Because it's costing you a lot of money to keep them. And and that's kind of the spin they yes, put on it. That's right. And and okay, so this this is where it got really messy, honestly. Uh-huh. Uh, now, of course, uh, uh, the former president is said to have been saddened by the fact that he actually had to say goodbye to dogs that he had largely taken care of. Of course, from what I understand, yep. uh, he expressed hope that the presidential archives mm-hmm. would take good care of the dogs. Now, yesterday, yesterday evening, actually, uh, there were news reports that quoted uh, former President Moon saying that he would be more than happy to mm-hmm. adopt the dogs himself if he could. if that ordinance is uh, enforced. And uh, he said it is something he has always wished for anyway, to adopt these dogs. Okay, so now that he's made that statement clear, Mm -hmm. it seems that the President Yoon's, the presidential office needs to respond. Yes, exactly. And Yoon's office has denied the Mm. fact that they have sort of dilly-dallied on the legislative process, uh, saying it was uh, the former president who refused to wait. So they were working on it? Yeah, that's what they're saying. They were working on it, and all he had to do was wait. But he didn't, and hence this mess. Anyways, uh, Yoon's party has slammed Moon for giving up the dogs, saying he was abandoning them. An official from the presidential office said in a telephone interview with Yonhap News just yesterday Mm. that President Yoon is also carefully considering adopting these dogs. Uh, But there are things that need to be sorted out first before that decision is made. It's really not as easy as no. you and I adopting a dog and holding on to this it. This is not an object. It's not. No. It's treated as, again, a, pres- a part of the presidential of archives, and that's where the stickiness yep. actually begins. That's right. I'm going to leave it there for now, but I feel like that doesn't have a sense of finality, no, does it? No. Mm. Just be aware that, you know, when there is mud being thrown from both sides, there's more to that than meets the immediate yeah. eye. All right, on to the second. Find Us returns as COVID nears its end. We really can't win. No, <laughs> we really cannot win. Right. Um, the concentration of fine dust, uh, which actually fell during the pandemic, is uh, again showing signs of rising. Are factories running again? Yeah, factories are running again. Mm. The first fine dust warning this fall was issued on October 1st, which was 49 days <sighs> earlier compared to the same period last year. So yesterday, the Ministry of Environment conducted what they called a simulation training in response to ultra-fine dust disasters. And uh, they conducted this training with uh, related ministries and 17 cities and provinces. Now, the training was conducted under the assumption that the average concentration of ultra-fine dust in these cities and provinces was 150 micrograms per cubic meter for more than two hours. And during the training session, the operation of public facilities and uh, government level construction sites uh-huh. uh, was shortened for each city and province. Okay. And the system for restricting the operation of uh, class five diesel vehicles mm-hmm. um, were subject to inspections. Yeah. You notice the air quality yesterday, particularly, right? Um, I happened to be on on a high rise and Mm -hmm. I I just couldn't make sense of where I was, why it was so hazy. It's seemingly cloudy outside. Um, I I walked out of my apartment yesterday morning to come here and... uh, I was like, is that fog in the air? Right. Cause yeah, it was really hazy. Before sunrise, it's almost ethereal. And yep. you're thinking, that must be 
fog. Yeah. It wasn't, for mm, the record. Okay, exactly. so these kinds of simulation trainings are necessary to see if we can better combat this situation. Yeah. And of course, the simulation training also involves sending text messages uh-huh. out to the citizens and uh, cutting down the operation of thermal power plants as well. Mm. Um, in March of 2019, so three years ago, more than three years ago now, uh, the Disaster Safety Act stipulated that damage caused by fine dust was a social disaster. Right, with serious health consequences, both short and long term, yep. it turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we understand the severity of it, but it's a regular unwelcome visitor each winter. We have similar conversations, don't we? That's right. Uh, usually in the winter months, you know, it, it, you know, people heat their homes, so mm. the, the level of domestic fine dust increases, and the substances that cause these uh, ultra fine dust increase as well. Mm. And when the air stagnates, uh, these substances accumulate in the atmosphere, mm. and that's why we look out and say, "Oh, what is that fog? <sighs> why is it so hazy?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, but when the cold air comes down from the north, actually, uh, there are strong winds that right. scatter mm. the fine dust-causing substances away from the peninsula. Um, the thing is, I remember three years ago, there was a really bad day. The, the fine dust levels were so bad. And uh, I remember, have we come to, uh, are we finally there? You know, we've, we've been seeing like these things on uh, in apocalyptic apoc- movies. Exactly, in movies. And everyone's wearing those masks, you no. know. Full face masks and, uh, and so, okay. suits. Yeah, we've we've finally reached that point, and it made me really depressed, you know, at the thought of having, you know, to wear a mask every day. And and this face mask we acclimated to, but that yeah, sounds that's... like an entirely different story. Exactly. Doesn't it? Yep. COP27 is happening as we speak. Mm. Now, as for deciding the framework that these international communities will agree on, of course, it's important. But in, in practice, are we doing enough? Environmental screaming in our faces, just not even close. And who should be responsible is the big question everyone's asking. It's should the, the richer countries pay more? <laughs> you know, It's the most uncomfortable conversation because, let's be honest, me as a consumer too, do I want to pay a heftier price to save planet Earth? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would be unhappy about it even knowing that it's the right thing mm-hmm. to do. So that's the tough questions yep. we have to really, answer. Really, really tough. All right, uh, let's move on to our next uh, buzzword of the day. But honestly, it makes me uncomfortable because we're talking about trying to curve environmental disasters and hotels don't really get a, a positive spotlight in that <laughs> Not at all. regard. But he's the crown prince uh, ahead of his visit to South Korea. The Saudi crown prince had been Salman booked apparently 400 rooms at the Lotte Hotel. Yeah, so there's been a lot of talk in recent months, you know, about whether he's going to come to Korea right. or not this time around. But it looks like he finally is. It's been confirmed and uh, his choice of accommodation has been chosen and confirmed. Word is out that he'll be staying at the Lotte Hotel, mm. located in Sogongdong in Jungu, Seoul. Uh, it's going to be a short visit, just two days. Uh, he's currently leading this huge mega <sighs> construction project in Saudi Arabia called Neom City. And uh, the visit, his visit to Korea, is aimed at finding investments, basically, yeah. and companies, uh, partners for this uh, construction project. Which would be mutually beneficial, yep. it seems. Uh, I'm going to sidestep the environmental angle just to get to that, mm-hmm. because, I mean, it is a hefty uh, project for companies looking, well, South Korean companies yep. looking to go there to be a part of it. That's right. Um, and anyways, like you said, uh, mm. an official at the hotel has confirmed that more than 400 rooms have been booked 
booked. Um, some of his advanced team from mm-hmm. Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. have already checked in prior yeah. to his uh, arrival next week. Okay, I, I'm just wondering, how does this compare to other world leaders? Uh, 400 rooms. That's a good question. Right? So yeah. Someone look it up and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Erica, for today's stories. Pleasure. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. We have the world deconstructed with uh, David coming up next. Uh, the country of Morocco is shocked at the death of a young TikToker. We'll get the details and next. Uh, leading our stars are tracked by Bin Gyeong-un and Kim Itzar featuring Bibi. Hanya.
This is Arirang Radio. Good morning, Seoul. Weekdays, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. The latest updates in current events and trends. And now it's time for us to get a macro perspective of what else is happening on around us in the world. Uh, it seems David joins us on the line this morning to take us to a North African country of Morocco. Uh, good morning, David. Good morning, Lena. Great to see you. Great to see you too. Thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. A quick search has revealed to me that this story perhaps doesn't get enough coverage from my vantage point. And I think mm. that sounds the alarm once more on how news travels maybe halfway across the world or even further and what our priorities are. It seems when I type in Morocco from several search engines, at least at Arirang Radio, I get uh, news of what's to be expected at the World Cup. Yes, uh, the the football player Samuel Etou said that Cameroon are going to win the World Cup and they'll beat Morocco in the final. That's dominating it. But I think more broadly, you're correct to point out, well, yesterday we, we covered news from Poland and today we're covering news from Morocco. If you go online, you're not immediately going to see news from these countries. They're going to be very low down in the feed or you're going to have to search for them manually, which is what some people do to stay abreast because otherwise you you simply don't hear about them but it's it's important that we make the effort to uh to find out what's going on so yesterday was poland and today mm-hmm. i thought i would look at morocco and mm-hmm. um most people out there might know it for the fezes the red hats or the the 1942 movie starring humphrey bogart and ingrid bergam casablanca with the famous line play it again sam that's set in french occupied uh, morocco one last moroccan fact before we begin please which was that uh, three days ago, uh, on November the 7th, it was the anniversary of the Green March. Now, you might be saying, what is the Green March? The Green March is the largest peaceful march in history. It's when 350,000 Moroccans advanced into Spanish-occupied Morocco. So Spain were occupying part of Africa in 1975. 350,000 Moroccans marched peacefully into that area and took it back. They didn't go with guns. They didn't go with tanks. Uh, they went with camels and, and trades, but they peacefully marched in there and, and reclaimed some of that territory. And that was three days ago, the anniversary. So the Green March. If you're hearing about it for the first time, in all honesty, I'm hearing about it for the first time. That that floors me. 350,000 people marching to claim their reclaim their land peacefully without guns. I've often wondered, this is perhaps uh, not the appropriate time to it, but I've often wondered what would happen if, uh, you know, a million or so people started walking north. (laughs) (laughs) That might be the the solution. It's probably not the right time to talk about when the provocations have just been heightened, but that's a really interesting thought. Yes. All right, let's take our listeners to a particular headline that you may have not heard about, but I, I think we ought to be paying attention to because it was a heinous crime, unwarranted, a murder of a young man in his 20s, from what I understand, someone who had a pretty big TikTok influence. 
Yeah, and that's why I wanted to give the positive signs of Morocco just before we talk about mm. this, so it doesn't give listeners, oh, Morocco is full of violence, because not necessarily the case. Um, a young man, Anoura Othmani, uh, TikTok star, very big social media presence in Morocco, uh, last Saturday, Saturday, November the 5th, was found slaughtered, was found murdered in his own apartment in Tangier, in Morocco. And this has cause shockwaves because such a violent murder of a public figure, right. uh, a social media star, has has sent much of society into a bit of a tizzy. They've, they've been a bit uh, shocked by what's happened. They've taken to social media. They've asked for changes in the law because simply they didn't expect that something like this could or would happen. But a young man has been met in his own apartment. The untimely death, I think, shocks anyone, but it is in his own uh, private apartment where he's supposed yeah. to feel safe and protected. I can see mm. why, as a regular citizen, that might send even bigger shock waves. It, it might mean that you're also vulnerable to certain parts of the country where you're not feeling protected. Or it might be to do, it might not just be regional, but it might be to do with the nature. So this this young man is not a politician. He, he He's not political. He's a social media creator. He's known for his dance videos. He's known for the challenges that he does. He's part of TikTok. And, you know, he's not out there spreading certain ideologies or political things. I think that's what makes it even more um, tra traumatizing is that this was a young man seemingly full of the joys of life and, and spreading that through social media. Um, just prior to his murder, uh, all his pictures and videos from social networks were deleted. And many followers were stunned to find out why has this happened, what's gone on. And then just after that, they would they found out that this young man had lost his life. Now, all the details are still coming out. It happened last Saturday. But mm. as you know, in cases like this, we don't have the definitive mm. uh, story yet. But Followers were very surprised to see all his social media suddenly went. Mm. And then the next news they heard about mm. him was that he'd been murdered in his own house. So that might not necessarily be in chronological order, but it, because there are these unconfirmed details surrounding his death that have circulated shortly after the initial reports, I, I guess that also puts the family members of the deceased in a really uncomfortable and, and tricky circumstance. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm not very good at biology, but I don't think it would be possible for him to delete his photos after he passes away. But there might be some new science going on. There. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh at such a, a traumatic, but that might point to the person who is suspected right. of committing the crime. Right. Um, his mother apparently found him in his apartment and there have been, you know, his mother has been photographed in the press. Um, she came to visit her young son and, uh, and found him in that state. And just imagine uh, as a mother, as a father, as anybody going into the apartment of somebody you love and then, uh, and then seeing them no longer uh, as they once were. And that's played out. Yes. Uh, here's the thing, uh, because this has clearly shocked Morocco, uh, people are uh, going online to not just mourn the death of this young man, but hashtags are trending justice for Anor. We are all Anor are simultaneously trending.
Yeah, they're, 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 it's interesting because there's two narratives or there's two movements that have arisen from this shocking uh, crime. One is the solidarity. We often see a great deal of solidarity in situations like this. So, you know, uh, I stand with or me too. We've, we've seen these things and that's what's happening in Morocco. People are saying we are all a norm. But the other side of this is this demand that greater prison sentences, that greater punishment be uh, exacted on those that perpetrate such heinous crimes. And so you can see an incident like this is capable of building great solidarity among the people, but it also has the possibility of whipping up this desire for retribution. I, I, I don't want to call it bloodlust, but you can see that there is this, we must punish these people very, very severely. And those two uh, aspects are arising at the moment in Morocco. Uh, because it seems not just a suspect, but a suspect's family member is now in police custody and being questioned for motives of allegedly trying to destroy evidence. Yeah. Uh, and so just to reaffirm that all of this is kind of breaking news. It's very hard to stay uh, on top of it all. But a 17-year-old a uh, young woman, a teenager, basically, a female teenager. She has been arrested for her involvement in the alleged killing of Amor, which would point to a social media relationship mm -hmm. or some uh, something to do with that. That's just speculation. But police have also arrested a member of her family for being complicit in the crime. The family member is accused of uh, destroying the murder weapon, not reporting the crime. So these people haven't been convicted of those crimes yet, right. but police have put the two suspects under surveillance. And so that would point to this being something related to social media. It might suggest why the photos were deleted. But, mm -hmm. you know, if we hear it's if we hear that a young social media star has been killed in our apartment by a member of the opposite sex, we wouldn't immediately assume that it would be a young man killed by uh, a woman. But that is the situation that looks like it's taking place. Okay, so just the fact that the hashtag justice for Anor is actually trending uh, throughout Moroccan social media, mm -hmm. I, I do wonder if, if that's a cry from the public to have, a, as you've said, stricter punishment and stronger penal codes in place. In Morocco, if you're involved in murder, you're, you get life imprisonment. That's, that's what it is, which is uh, stricter than some other places, I right. think. You know, uh, in being involved in a murder results in life imprisonment. Morocco still has the possibility, it has the death penalty, it has capital punishment as, as a law, but it hasn't carried that out since 1993. It's a bit similar to South Korea in that regard at the moment, if my legal understanding is still correct. South Korea still kind of has the death penalty, but it just doesn't carry it out i'll stand correction on that that's the way i understand it in more so morocco doesn't carry out capital punishment and you know that's more in line with western norms right. i think it doesn't execute people but it rather it seeks different ways to to make amends in society and last year's report from the the director of national security said that in morocco uh, violent crime had been dropping for the past six years. So I don't think it's correct that we, if we think of Morocco, mm. we immediately think of a, a crime riddled country because it seems to have been dropping. And I think that's why this crime is causing mm. such unrest in society, because I think Morocco was finally getting to the place where that kind of thing doesn't happen here. Oh. And as we've noticed over the weekend with the, the tragic death of Amor, yes, it sadly does.
Thank you very much, uh, David, for always uh, shifting our perspective to a country perhaps that doesn't get enough coverage in South Korean news cycles. The world is deconstructed just a little bit more. Thank you very much. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thank you very much. You're listening to Arirang Radio. Radio. And that brings us to the end of the first hour of our program. But we do have part two coming right up. So don't go anywhere. Today's question of the day. I want to extend that one more time to all of our listeners. So towards the end of the year, we start to look forward to the next year in trying to figure out what our trend and consumption habits may be. Now, there's an annual report published by Kim Nando from the Seoul National University and his team. It's trend casting for 2023. Can you make any predictions of your own? How will our consumption patterns change next year? You can give us your two cents by visiting our official YouTube channel. Find us at Arirang Radio K-Pop. Here's a track by B2B to take us into our second hour. Beautiful pain. Adam Dapkodo, Afkuna. Nobody wants to deal with the pain that follows. No, I understand them, though. Yeah,
찾아와 사랑을 나 몰래 우린 누구네가 바보가 돼 무기력하게 두어 순간에 오래도록 기다렸다는 듯 아픈 사랑 앞에 물들어가 그대를 만나 사랑을 하고 그 어떤 순간보다 행복했었다 그대는 부디 아프지 말고 아름다웠길 바란다 Delivering messages of earth and environment through music is a seven-member K-pop boy group TAN, also known as the Eco Idols. How did the members of TAN become interested in the environment? Two, two, all Arirang Radio. 안녕하세요, TAN입니다. 일상생활에서 무심코 하는 행동들은 수많은 탄소를 배출시키고 결국 온실 효과를 일으켜 지구와 환경을 망가뜨리는 원인이 됩니다. Things we do in our daily lives that we don't really think about contribute to carbon emissions and the greenhouse effect, which hurts the environment and our planet Earth. Let's look at how the members of TAN help reduce carbon emissions in their everyday lives. 안 쓰는 가전제품의 플러그는 뽑아주세요. 마트에 갈때 비닐봉지 대신 장바구니를 이용해 주세요. 엘리베이터 대신 계단을 이용하면 탄소는 줄이고 체력은 올라갑니다. You can reduce carbon emissions and better your health by unplugging electronic devices you don't use, utilizing reusable bags instead of plastic ones when shopping, and using the stairs instead of the elevator. 샤워 시간은 줄이고 빨래는 한 번에 모아서 해주세요. 핸드폰을 절전 모드로 사용하면 에너지의 최대 20%를 절약할 수 있고요. 영화관에서 핸드폰을 잠시 꺼두는 것도 탄소를 줄이는 데 도움이 됩니다. Reducing your shower time and doing your laundry in one go, using your cell phones on power-saving mode and turning it off while in the movies can also help with reducing carbon emissions. Small actions, big changes. Offer the challenge. The time is 8 a.m. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.